0: Amen. All right, we're going to be in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 32 through 41, and the title of this is called A Season of Conviction. So the Bible says, this Jesus, Peter's preaching, God is raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens but he says himself the Lord said to my Lord sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ now when they heard this they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do Peter said to them repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call and with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying be saved from this perverse generation and then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them so um, the reason it's a little bit different is because what i'm gonna do today is sort of use this message i felt like the lord put this on my heart to make a declaration a prophetic declaration of what's about to happen and uh but i'm gonna go through the story of how i got here and i go walking on a daily basis as much as possible there was two weeks a couple of weeks ago where i couldn't walk because it was just so cold and uh, texans aren't used to that kind of cold uh, if I was from up north I probably still would have gone walking but I'm not so um, but I go walking and I go about walk about four miles uh, every day and I was I like to go to McLean Park uh, if you're listening online you probably don't know where that is but most of people probably know where McLean Park is and they have a little uh, oval that goes around the park but then they also have a trail that goes back through the river back in the back it goes back to the river and I was about um, all the way down and coming back and then it started to sprinkle and up until that time there's been this one guy he passed me up going back passed me up going back again he's riding his bicycle and um, he's got all the bicycle stuff on you know it's funny when you see all these older people that are dressed like they're in a race and he's got all the bicycle gear on and he's riding he I got his helmet and, you know which I'm not against that but he's got the uniform and all that kind of stuff riding down and I'm about and then there's another trail that actually runs parallel to mine that even goes closer to the river and that's not paved that's kind of a, a dirt trail and that's a little bit lower down and so he's going back and forth and and then he comes back again and as soon as he hits right I mean you could not get any closer to where I was he was right there he was on the lower trail but he was right there next to me he felt the rain and when he felt the rain he said oh time to turn around and go home Alright, now that's just a normal thing. Would happen anytime. But I got to thinking to myself, I wonder if that's a coincidence that the, or the Lord's trying to tell me something. Now you may think, God wouldn't talk to you about through stuff like that. Yes, he does. And uh, so I began to think about that, and uh, in my mind I felt like just there there was something in that, that it wasn't just a coincidence that at that particular moment he felt the rain, that he was right next to me. He felt the rain and he stopped and he said that it's time to turn around and to go home. So as I prayed about it, I felt like the Lord kept showing me some stuff and then I landed on this text and when I landed on this text, I knew that this text was the embodiment of what God was trying to tell me. And so the first thing we're going to look at in this text, and just keep that in mind, and we'll flesh that out a little bit more as we go. I wanted to start with the story and how I got here, and then we'll go into the text and see if we can put it all together at the end, and then when we get to the end, I feel like I'm supposed to make a declaration, okay? So first point we want to look at is Peter is talking because the Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost. uh, The Spirit of God had been poured out. Peter gets up, and he preaches a sermon. It says in 32 through uh, through, uh, 33, Jesus, God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. So uh, he's referring to uh, what happened in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost uh, when the Spirit of God that Jesus had said was going to be poured out was poured out, and when it was poured out, people began to prophesy and began to speak in tongues. and, And as that happened, Peter felt impressed to get up and to begin to tell the people about what was taking place and what was happening. Now, just to kind of give you an idea of how this has been promised throughout Scripture, uh, Luke, who, by the way, wrote the book of Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts, where our text is coming from, Luke tells us in the book of Luke, uh, through John, that Jesus would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Luke 3.16, John answered, saying to them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Luke then tells us of Jesus himself telling the disciples that it is imperative that they be baptized with power from on high in Luke 24-4. uh, 24 and 49, at the end of his gospel, Jesus says to the disciples, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Then we get to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus appears to them again and says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And then we, of course, get to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, where the Spirit of God was poured out, and of which Peter was referring to in our text when he was preaching. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And by the way, I just was impressed uh, to just say right now, if you're here tonight, I'm not talking about receiving and how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I believe the whole Lord is here for that. If you've been praying about or would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight, we will pray with you tonight, and I believe that God's going to give it to you. Amen? But anyway, getting back to the topic that we're on, I went through all of this to help you grasp what I believe that God is saying to me and to us as a church today. The first things I wanted us to grasp is that the outpouring of the Spirit of which we're referring to, of which Peter is preaching about, that we just took the time to give you scriptural uh, uh, reference, scriptural uh, um, basis for you to understand that, is also equated to rain. Rain is a symbol or rain is symbolic of the Spirit of God peter's preaching on the day of pentecost makes that connection for us because he referred to what's happening here is that which was spoken of by the prophet joel it says in acts 2 16 through 17 that which is spoken by the prophet joel and it shall come to pass in the last days that i will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams Now you might say to yourself wait a minute i haven't heard anything about rain In any of the scriptures that you said and you talked to us about, well, remember, Peter is referencing the prophet Joel in that same chapter, a little bit before the verse or a little bit after the verses he's quoting. It says in Joel chapter 2, verse 23, and then 28 through 29, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the former rain faithfully, and He will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And if you jump down to verse 28, and it says, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So in the text of Joel, the pouring out of the spirit of God is equated to the early and the latter rains, the latter rain actually. So what I'm trying to get you, I'm trying to get you a scriptural basis to understand that the pouring of the spirit of God, the pouring out of the spirit of God, is equated to rain. Now, I'm not going to go there yet, but I want you to remember the little story that I told you at the very beginning. It happened, but remember the guy felt the rain I feel like the Lord's trying to speak to me about that you're gonna have to hold on to that till we get to the end but I just want to keep you uh, aware of that and keep your mind thinking on that second point we're gonna get to is Jesus is exalted in Acts chapter 2 verse 37 when they heard this the people that Peter was preaching to they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do so when the Spirit of God was poured out The people of God, when they heard them speaking in other tongues and prophesying and actually speaking in languages that they understood, but they knew that the people that were speaking did not understand, they were perplexed and they were amazed at what was happening. Peter takes the opportunity, like any good preacher, to proclaim and exalt the Lord Jesus to the people through his preaching. Acts chapter 2, verses 12 through 14 says, They were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What could this mean? others mocking said they are full of new wine but Peter standing up with the 11 raised his voice and said to them men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem let this be known to you and heed my words and if you jump down to verse 32 so we don't have to go through the whole message this Jesus God is raised up of which we are all witnesses therefore being exalted to the right hand of God having received from the Father the promise of the spirit he poured out through this which you now see and hear okay So we'll stop there because that's part of our text. But the connection I want you to make is that when it began to rain, when the Spirit of God was poured out on the day of Pentecost, it made a way for the Lord to be exalted. And in this particular case, He was exalted through the proclamation or the preaching of the Word. And you say, why in this particular case? Because you can also exalt the Lord through the giving of your testimony. When you testify, you are telling of what Jesus, the Word, has made happen in your life. Right? Now, in our text, Peter was exalting the Lord through his preaching, through what he was preaching. Now, in Romans 10 and 14, it says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Don't get hung up on that word preacher. It also could be a testifier, someone who tells someone about Jesus. For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now, as Pentecostals, we are familiar with the outpouring of the Spirit. We may not be uh, necessarily familiar in the sense that we have, because we're all some of us are new, that we've actually experienced what we would deem an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And we're not talking about uh, the Spirit of God is not moving in our midst, but I'm talking about something you would call a revival or many times throughout history may even be called a great awakening uh, where the Spirit of God is just moving in a mighty, mighty way. Uh, We've had periods of those happen in my lifetime. uh, We had something take place, uh, I believe, I never um, there was something took place in Lakeland, Florida, something took place in Missouri, Uh, something took place... For sure in uh, uh, Brownsville uh, Pensacola uh, Florida and uh, something else but that the root of that began actually in Toronto Canada uh, where uh, there was an outpouring of the Spirit of God and uh, God used a guy by the name of Randy Clark uh, to be the the spearhead for that. So as Pentecostals, the outpouring of God in our midst is something we're acquainted with. We may, may not have experienced it, or it's been a long time since we experienced something like that. But it is still something that we keep praying for and looking for. What we see in our text. And what I'm also seeking to reinforce with the scriptures that we just read is the connection between the outpouring of the Spirit and the lifting up of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the ways we do that, the way Peter did that, was through the preaching of the Word. What I want to emphasize is that the Spirit of God partners with the Word of God to bring people to repentance. You know, you can preach the Word and not have the Spirit partnering with you. You may not see a lot happen. You can have the Spirit of God and not have the Word of God coupled with the Spirit of God and stuff will happen but a lot of stuff may happen you don't want to happen right it's when the Spirit of God and the Word of God are working together that you see the power of God released, and people of God come to a place where they're saved feel delivered set free right and in particular, what we want to emphasize in this message is the Spirit partners with the Word of God to bring people to repentance. Luke 24 through 30, 24 and 32. It says they said to one another, "Whenever Jesus, uh, let me give you the context. Two disciples, after Jesus was crucified and buried, two disciples were on the road talking about because there had been a uh, uh, some kind of witness or uh, some kind of uh, leak." of information saying that they somebody had seen Jesus actually risen from the dead and they were talking about. And Jesus appears to them, only they don't recognize him. And he says, Where are you guys going? What are you all talking about? And he walks with them for a couple of miles and starts telling them about, because they were confused about how Jesus, who they thought was going to be the Messiah, was died and crucified, and, and Jesus, who they did not know what was Jesus, they just thought he was another traveler, began to tell them how the scriptures talked about, how all this was prophesied through scripture that would happen with the Messiah. And then uh, they sat down to eat, Jesus broke bread, and all of a sudden they recognized that it was the Lord and he disappeared from their midst. And so then they began to talk to each other. Luke 24-32, through 32, they said to one another, Did not our heart burn when he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? What was happening? When Jesus was preaching, the Spirit of God was working in their hearts. They didn't understand how to and I didn't understand when I got saved how to put language to what I was feeling. I didn't have a, a, a Christian context I didn't grow up uh, I should say in a sense we're supposed to be Christian but our world view was not Christian We didn't grow up in a Christian home um, and and so when I got, Uh, invited to go to church. I went to church for three months before I finally gave my life to the Lord. But during that time, I just felt, uh, every time the Word of God was preached, I felt a pulling on my heart, a pulling on my heart, a pulling on my heart. If I had this language, I probably would have said, my heart was burning, my heart was burning, my heart was burning. I didn't realize that it was the Spirit of God uh, 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 convincing me that the Word that was being preached was something that I needed in my life. I didn't have language for that. I have language for it now. But didn't have language for it back then. These men didn't have language for it. They just said, did not our heart burn? What was happening? The Spirit of God was making that word of God uh, uh, real to them in their life. Amen? Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrows, and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Who brings that and who makes that happen is the Spirit of God. Right? So, now, hold on to that. Now we're going to go to the third point, and I'll bring it all together in a minute. So what happens when the Spirit of God was poured out, Peter began to exalt the Lord, and this is the gist of where we're going to. The Bible says that the people are cut to the heart. Right? Now, this is the language That my text used. This is the language that we've got here. It says when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When the text says they were cut to the heart, to me it means they were convicted. Right? They were convicted. The message penetrated their hard exterior, penetrated that shell that was on their heart, and the message penetrated by the Spirit of God. It's like he took an arrow and went, boom, and it bypassed all that hard, hardness, shell. It bypassed it all and got to the root of everything in the midst of their lives, right? Another way of saying that is they were arrested, right? Not literally put in handcuffs. I'm talking about they stopped, Right where they were, it was like they were going, and all of a sudden, boom! They stopped. They were arrested. They came to a halt. Why? Because they were convicted. They were halted in their path. What path? The Bible says in Psalms 1 and 1, uh, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the, uh, the, the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. So it's talking about, uh, in that particular first part, it says, who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, the Bible talks about walking broad is the way. We're talking about a path. It, when it's talking, we're talking about a path, we're talking about the way you're living your life is, is described as a path or a way. Right? So, when I'm talking about when they said they were halted in their way, here they are going along in life. Spirit of God is poured out Peter gets up and starts testifying and when Peter begins to exalt the Lord and talk about what happened and talk about the Lord Jesus Christ it's all of a sudden they were halted in their journey they were halted in their path they they stopped still where they were at because they were cut to the heart you see that rain of the Spirit the outpouring of the Spirit of God made a way for the Lord to be exalted through the Word and the people of God were halted in their tracks John 16, 7 through 11, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, Jesus said, that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. 1 Thessalonians 1. Four through seven knowing beloved brethren your election by God for our gospel did not come to you in word only but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for the for your sake and you became followers of us and of the Lord having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit so what I'm trying to put together there is when Paul came he came not only in the Word but the Spirit of God and it was that Spirit of God that made the Word of God come alive to them right so are you following are you are you tracking with me so far what does that have to do with the story I told at the beginning we're almost there right so anyway the last point we have is the people received and were saved Acts 2 40 through 41 and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. By the way, who were the ones who gladly received his word and were baptized? It were the ones that were cut to the heart. Right? You know, um, in order to plant a seed, you've got to create an opening in the earth correct right how do you create an opening you gotta plow you gotta And basically i want to I look at different you got to make a cut you got to make a, 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 a some kind of penetration into the soil the bible calls our heart it likens our heart to soil you can have hard ground thorny ground Uh, 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 rocky ground and you can have good ground but the bottom line is if there's not a penetration made in the heart which is likened to your soil that seed won't take root and what i believe uh, another way of describing what i'm talking about here today what happens when they were cut to the heart it's like an opening was made in their heart that allowed the word of god to penetrate if there had not been an opening made in the heart, then the, the seed could have just landed on hard soil and the beer, birds of the air could have come and eaten it. i making sense to you. Okay? So upon being cut to the heart uh, or stopped in their paths by the word of God, upon the outpouring of the spirit of God, Peter tells them to repent and believe in the Lord and follow through with baptism. The word repent, by the way, means to change your way of thinking. Another way of saying that is it means to turn around right do 180 degrees stop going the way you're going change your way of thinking and then turn around repent change your behavior go a different way and usually the way of the lord is opposite to the way we've been going right it's opposite to the way we've been walking uh uh narrow is the way uh uh, let's say broad is the way and easy is the way that leads to destruction Narrow and hard is the way that leads to life, right? Totally opposite to the way that we're going. It's kind of like we're going downstream, we're going downstream. We don't realize that we think this is just I chose to go this way, but you don't realize that you're in a current. Yeah, you think that you're in charge of your life. I chose to go this way, I chose to go this this is the way I want to go, but you're in a current, and that current is leading off an edge. And that edge is your destruction. You're going to a pit of hell that God never designed for you to go to. He designed hell for uh, the devil and his uh, accomplices uh, that he created for them because of their rebellion. But when we choose to go the way of the, the, the enemy and we choose to follow the directions or the, uh, um, the way that the enemy wants us to go, which, by the way, if we're not in the kingdom of God and doing the word of God, we are doing the will of the enemy. I hate to tell you that, because it's a little blunt, but I'm going to tell you that because it's true. If you're not with God, the only other choice is you're with the enemy. No, I'm with myself. Well, that is the way of the enemy. I choose my own way. Isn't that what it says in Isaiah 14? I will, I will, I will, I will, I... So when you go the way of I, you're going the way of the enemy. You think you're going your way. You think you're making your decisions, but the bottom line is you're traveling, you're being pulled by a current that's leading to destruction. Right? Okay, so that word repent means turn around. It means go a different way. Go 180 degree change from the way that you've be going, been going. It fits with what I've been telling you. These people in this text that we're reading experienced the outpouring of the rain. Upon being touched by it, they were halted in their path. hearing the word, they were convicted by the Spirit of God and asked what they should do, and they were told to repent or, in a sense, turn around and go home, or could we say this, go back to God. Some of you all are remembering the story and it's making sense, but I, for the rest of you, I'll put it together in a minute. Romans 10, 8-13, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved acts 16 30 through 34 and he brought them out and said sirs what must i do to be saved talking about the jailer that had put Paul and Silas in a dungeon after they'd been whipped and beat. They put him in the lowest part of the dungeon. Uh, they put him in, in, in cuffs and chains. And uh, uh, there's no telling how bad it was there. In the, you know, the context, in the middle of the night, Paul and Silas began to sing songs unto the Lord. They began to glorify God, worship the Lord. I don't care how what you're going through, how bad it is. We're not minimizing it, but it can't be worse than that. And what did they do? It's what we should hope to do and aspire to do. They began to worship God. They began to worship God in the, uh, the place that they were at. And as they began to worship God, it's amazing how the power of God was released. As you exalt the Lord, it's amazing what God will do. He exalted God. The power of God was released. And not only were the jail cells open in their life, but it was open in everybody's life that was in the atmosphere that they were in. And the cuffs and the chains came off and and everybody was set free and the jailer heard about it came felt the commotion felt an earthquake because an earthquake had taken place and he said oh no he's about to kill himself and paul says don't do that everybody's still here and this brings us here he says he brought he brought them out and says sir what must i do to be saved and they said believe on the lord jesus christ and you will be saved you and your household and then they spoke to the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house and he took them the same hour of the night washed their stripes and immediately he and all his family were baptized and when he had brought them into his house he set food before them he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household now I just wanted to give you those kind of in context to see what happens when somebody believes in the Lord and accepts God and, and, and does an about face in their life but now let me put this in context to what I began with and see if I can bring it together now if you remember I know it was a long time ago, but it wasn't as long as what I did on Sunday. I preached for 50 minutes on Sunday. (laughs) I think I'm like at 25 or 30 right now. We'll see. But anyway, to recap, a long time ago, you remember that time a long time ago when I told you about when I was walking along the path. And uh, there was a man riding his bike on the trail, passed me once or twice, and all of a sudden he's coming back this way. Uh, He's going the opposite way than I'm going. And I just thought about that. I'm walking with God. I don't know where he's going, but he's going the opposite way. As soon as he hits where I'm at, what happened? He began to feel rain. When he felt the rain, he says out loud, he stops abruptly and says, where I can hear him, that it's time to turn around and to go home. Now, who am I? Well, I know I'm Rick Helgero, but many of y'all know me as Pastor Rick, but a lot of people understand that I'm a preacher. I preach the word of the Lord right so what I believe the Lord was trying to show me through this guy is that the rain of the Lord is going to begin to fall when it begins to fall around those who proclaim who exalt the Lord Jesus Christ if we partner with the Spirit of God we're going to see a season of time where People are gonna be stopped in their tracks by the outpouring of the Spirit and there's gonna come upon and I'm moving into declaration now I'm trying to hold on to it but there's gonna come a season and the season begins the season begins where no longer can people come to church and sit through a service where the Spirit of God is moving and my word is being proclaimed and just sit there and be bored and leave and, never, and, and nothing change in their life. I declare to you that the season is changed and people can come and they can still resist and they can still refuse but they will not be able to stand unchanged before the presence of my my spirit and the presence of the, my word of God which is being proclaimed. The season has come where there will come a conviction in the house of God and people will come and they will be cut to the heart and they will have the opportunity to hear and receive my word and if they will receive it they will Leave a glad of heart, and be baptized in the Lord Jesus Christ because their hard heart will be penetrated. The blinders that they've had on their eyes, the hardness that has surrounded their heart, the husk that has been uh, 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 on the outside of their, of their shell, of, of their hearts, I will penetrate, says the Spirit of God, and they will have opportunity to see me for who I am. And those who receive will repent like this man they will say it's time to turn around and go home yeah. go where like the prodigal son I need to go back home to my father because home with him home in my father's house is way better far better than what i've been experiencing because i thought i knew what life was all about matthew 16 and 19 it says i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven now i wrestled with sharing with it i shared with a couple people i wrestled with sharing this but i felt like the spirit of god says you must say this you must proclaim it you must speak this You must teach this. You must declare. Why? Because something happens when we declare what God's going to do. It releases God to do what He wants to do. And he said, God doesn't need our permission. No, He doesn't need our permission, but He asks us to do this. He's put this down. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. So as we loose forth what God has spoken to us, it releases God to do what He wants to do from the beginning. Because we can always say no. but I don't want to say no to what God is wanting to do. As I said before, I believe that God wants uh, me to declare today that the reign of the Spirit is falling, and henceforth we're entering a season and we'll see that the people who have before remained unaffected at the preaching of the word will now find themselves in an atmosphere where they will be cut to the heart they will be arrested, they will stop in their paths of the preaching of the gospel, and many of them will be open to receiving the good news, and as a result, they will be saved and return home to their Heavenly Father. In summary, a strong spirit of conviction will and is and begins to fall during this outpouring of the Spirit that will bring many, many people, many that have known God. I've told that for you before. Many that have walked with God with their hearts on fire, it will bring them back to a place of repentance as Jesus Christ is exalted.